Well, 2023, here we are. And we need the Lord. I have to tell you, the last few weeks, just uh, thinking of a new year, um, uh, leaning in. Lord, I, I don't know what to expect, but I'm so glad I'm a follower of yours. I'm so glad you're ruling and reigning, and one day we'll be together in our home in heaven. So, some of you may have brought some baggage in from 2022, maybe even all the way back from 2021. It's easy to do, you know. And I hope that on this January 1st, that by the end of the gathering, you'll let it go. You'll leave it in God's hands and experience his freedom to press on in, uh, in uh, the greatness of, of God, seeing him break chains and, and uh, setting us free, man. So... You have your outline. Those of you on, online, you can pull it up at the uh, Life Church Facebook page and um, um, uh, or the Life Church webpage. So, you know, it was good to see. I was thinking it's cool when, when you come early because I get a chance to talk to you. You know, I can't talk to you right now. You know, I mean, face to face. Of course, I'm face to face, but, you know, but that personal engagement and, um, and uh, we so look forward to that um, because we are a family here and uh, we sure appreciate God's family. It's a gift and we don't take it lightly. You heard uh, Zane talk about uh, a distraction-free environment and we sure appreciate your cooperation with that, friends, because uh, this morning... Um, we, we want to be able to drill down into God's word without, you know, distractions, etc. And so we need your help, and we're grateful for your sensitivity to that. Um, we really enjoy the Bible, and uh, we're anticipating God's Spirit to open that up to us today and um, touch our lives in a very personal way. So... Should have your outline in front of you uh, in the auditorium. This is a, a great day. And um, Max Cato tells when everybody uh, and everything around you says to panic, uh, choose the path of God's peace. In this world of failing words and broken promises, do yourself a favor. Take hold of the promises of God. My friend Wes did. And uh, Max goes on to talk about West Bishop. You'll look a long time before you find a better man than West Bishop. He had a quick smile, warm handshake, and a serious weakness for ice cream. A man after my own heart. For more than 35 years, he kept the same job. He loved the same wife, served the same church, lived in the same house. He was a pillar in a small town where he lived for those 35 years, and he raised three great sons. Wes never missed a day of work until a few months ago when he was diagnosed with brain cancer. We asked God to remove it for a time 
it appeared that he had. But then the symptoms returned with a vengeance, and in a matter of a few weeks, Wes was immobilized at home in hospice care. The sons took turns keeping vigil as uh, they wanted to give their mom a rest. They placed the baby monitor next to their dad's bed, and though he had hardly spoken a word in days, they wanted to hear him if he called out, and one night he did. But he didn't call for help. He called for Christ. About one o'clock in the morning, the youngest son heard the strong voice of his father in the monitor, and this is what Wes had to say. Jesus, I want to thank you for my life. You have been good to me, and I want you to know when you are ready to take me, I am ready to go. As it turned out, Those were the final words that Wes spoke, and within a couple of days, he went home to be with Jesus. Max says, I want that kind of faith, don't you? The faith that turns to God in the darkest hour praises God in our weakest bodies, the kind of faith that trusts in God's promises. You know, we've already sang, haven't we? Uh, Being thankful and grateful to the Lord and His faithfulness over the past few years, and and uh, Max is reflecting on this West Bishop's life, a model. And um, I brought this up because that's my heart. That's my desire. When I grow up, I'd like to be, by, be like Wes Bishop. <laughs> I would. Um, it's good to have models in front of us and... And I think in our culture today, we're we're looking at so many compromised lives and people taking the easy way out, and uh, that's unfortunate. We need men and women today to truly bear the character of Christ in everything they do. And um, we at Life Church, we want to put that out in front of all of us that we want to model Jesus Christ in 2023. Let's go to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. We'll pick it up in verse 6. Paul writes, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. That's good news, man. So grateful for that. And Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that even though there are individuals and groups that undermine the credibility of your word, um, we're so grateful that it's relevant even as we go into 2023. And Lord, to uh, have it open to us, You're giving us a model for spiritual growth for this year. 
And uh, we get it. There's going to be pushback. There's going to be resistance. Uh, Sometimes it's just comfortable to stay the same. But we pray by your spirit that you would encourage us to say yes to those areas that you reveal to us for change, to let things go. You're big enough to carry it. So many of us are fatigued and tired of trying to do it on our own. And we cast ourselves in your care, Lord, because you're strong, you're faithful. And so speak to each one of us in a very personal way today in Jesus' name, amen. The Apostle Paul, you know, and we've been camping out in the book of Philippians and uh, next door you've got the book of Colossians. Paul never went to visit Colossae. Evidently, that church was planted uh, by Epaphras and other converts that had been impacted by Paul's ministry during his missionary travels. The church in Colossae at this time was trying to be infiltrated by false teachers, people that were trying to dilute the gospel, trying to put weights on people that didn't belong there because when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he's paid it all. We don't have to try and work it up and try harder. And that mentality was trying to creep into the church, and Paul had been made aware of it. Yes, Paul was under house arrest in Rome, like he had been in uh, during the time when we were talking about Philippians, and it was there that he wrote this letter to the church in Colossae, the book of Ephesians, and the book of Philemon as well. Take a look at a map this morning, and you can see that uh, pretty much in the middle uh, of the map, um, You've got Colossae, um, actually it's leaning to the right, Um, Jerusalem on the bottom right, across in the Mediterranean, you go into Colossae, and you can see the other churches, and then boom, Rome over on the upper left. So this is what was taking place, man, back in the day. And Paul, even though, what, what gets me is that even though he had never been to Colossae, he had a passion for the church. And I, I think it's somewhat disheartening, really, in, a, in America, where we have lost the zeal and passion for God's body, the church. You know, it's kind of like whatever happens, whenever I get there, uh, it's good to go. But when you look at Paul, who had never been to this church, he was passionate about the spiritual welfare of the people there. And he was committed to them. And friends, I just want to encourage all of us on this front end of 2023, man, that we will be committed to the body of Christ, specifically at Life Church. We're part of a team. We'll be talking more about that in a few moments. But what Paul was writing this letter, he was celebrating the unity at the church, the consistent faith that they had proved um, over and over again and not given ground to apostasy, to this false teaching. And so Paul is kind of sending a, a, a letter of encouragement to the church that they would remain strong, that they wouldn't wear down in their faith over time and allow the gospel to become diluted. So 
As we look at 2023, um, and I'm sure this past week, the last few weeks, we've all kind of reflected upon, you know, hey, what am I going to change for 2023? What's my calendar going to look like? Um, and I have to say that this past week, I, I prayed this prayer that's on the top of your notes, Second Chronicles 2012. Uh, King Jehoshaphat, and you've heard me say this many times, that, it, that is a very common prayer of mine. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. And in that prayer, admitting that, Lord, I'm humbling myself before you. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to look to you for help in every area of my life. Not just a few areas where I feel weak, but in every area of my life, Lord, I'm going to look to you for help. Because I need you. So we need to determine, and we'll get more into this as well, that we're going to spend time in God's word daily, that we're going to obey him, that we're going to share the good news of Jesus Christ to those around us. Bill Paulsell, who is a Bible professor and Christian author, put it this way, there is nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper and clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of daily living. In the routine. See, the routine, the, the kind of the drag of consistency, you know, it's like, man, I've done this so many times, but we need to keep that fire burning, man, that God wants to continue to work in our lives. He wants to keep on changing us. God never puts a finish sign on our chest to say, you're good, man. You're good to go. When I come back, man, we're going to really celebrate. No, that's never going to happen. We're going to keep on keeping on. And that leads us to number one in our notes, choose to grow in verse six. So in 2023, you and I have the freedom to choose. We can choose not to grow. We can choose to stay the same or we can choose to grow. In verse six, Paul writes, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. This is a command, by the way. It's not a suggestion. It's not, well, if you feel like it, if you get the gospel goosebumps, whatever the case, you know, then you can follow him. No, Paul is saying, because you put your faith in Christ, we should never come to that conclusion that I'm good to go, you know? Because I put my faith in Christ, I'm guaranteed heaven, and I'm just going to go on living my life the way I want to. No, that is not what, this is not what Paul's talking about here. He's saying, you must continue to follow him. Let that be, let that be, maybe we feel the weight of that command, friends. Those of you watching online, those in the auditorium, maybe we feel the weight of that. You must continue to follow him. Now, at Life Church, we look at markers in our lives, we should anyway, for spiritual maturation. This is where I was, and this is where I am by the grace of God. There's seven of them, seven primary markers. One is Bible engagement. 
learning to know, love, and follow the teaching of the Bible. That's a big one. Two, passionate prayer, increasing our ability to speak to God and allow God to speak back to us. Three, wholehearted worship. We were, we've been talking about wholehearted worship the last you know, month, December, kind of camped out on that. The, the, the importance of, of in becoming engaged in worship. You know, not just spectators in, standing in front of a chair looking at lyrics and thinking about the words. No, becoming engaged in it. Lord, Lord, you're worthy. There's that passion welling up on the inside to express your gratitude and your love to the Savior of the world who pursued you and pursued me when I wasn't worthy. Humble service. Extending acts of kindness, man, serving. And we have, man, we're so grateful for all of you who serve faithfully in all the different areas here. Joyful generosity. It's not my money. It's God's. God owns everything. He's loaning it. He's allowing me to manage it. Because it's his. I can't say it's mine. I'm going to hold on to it. I have an open hand. And because of that, I'm generous with it, right? And I know this freaks some people out when you talk about tithing, you know. And all I can say is my wife and I tithe because it's a reminder that God owns it all. It's not mine. It's not ours. Every time we, it's God's. And because of that, God, we're trusting you for your provision. I don't have to get all freaked out and worry about Provision because God is going to be my provider. And so that's where that joyful generosity comes in. Consistent community for loving God's people and connecting with them regularly. That's, we kind of hit that earlier. I want to be here. It's not that I, you know, I'm forced to come here. Some, some of you may feel forced. Man, I want to be here. It's good to be with you. It's good to connect with you. An organic outreach, sharing the good news of Jesus in the flow of normal life. Just know it's an overflow. And even that organic outreach, it's as simple as inviting somebody. We've got cards on your way out. You can take a card and give it to a friend of yours, a colleague at work, a friend at school. Invite them to church, man, so they can observe and sense the community that we have here. The love of Christ is so evident, right? And so, um, when we come to those seven, you know, God doesn't give us a menu and say, yeah, you can pick what you want, what you don't feel comfortable with. You can just put it on pause. No, we need all seven of these. Yeah, they're markers, God wants us to be involved. And so in 2023, may that happen. And before we go any farther, um, Breakpoint Ministry put out a, um, a post this past week, why are men in crises? And I, I want to put this on the front end because, gentlemen, it's your responsibility in your home 
to take the lead to where you are the point man spiritually. As a man, your family gets into the car and you come to church consistently on Sundays. As a man, your kids, your wife see you reading your Bible on a consistent basis. Your family sees you as a worshiper. You're engaged in your personal faith. As a man, you have that responsibility. I am grateful that I had a father who took that seriously, and he modeled that for me. And unfortunately today, we have men that are not really being men, to be honest. They've taken a back seat. They're letting culture dictate how they live their lives and how they respond to culture. And in this article, it says, men are in crises struggling with a loss of purpose or of relationship and of usefulness. A January 2021 report from the Institute of Family Studies noted that girls are outperforming boys at every level from elementary school through graduate school. However, this isn't primarily because girls are succeeding. It's because boys and men across all regions and ethnic groups have been failing both absolutely and relatively for years. Since the 1990s, fatherlessness has soared while median earnings for men have declined. Boys represent 70% of all the D's and F's given out at school and are twice as likely to be diagnosed with ADHD. They spend time in juvenile detention at over five times the rate of girls. A marketing professor, Scott Galloway, mentioned the most unstable nations in the world have one thing in common. They have too many lonely, broke men. And yet, that's exactly the type of person modern culture is producing. Okay? Galloway continues, here's the simple truth I've heard from many men. We need to be needed. We imagine ourselves as builders, soldiers, workers, brothers, part of something bigger than ourselves. We deal with idolness terribly. And men, I want to just challenge you on, a, on the top end. Don't take a back seat spiritually in 2023. If you, have, if you have neglected that area of your life, ask God to give you the courage. I just finished the book of Job, and I was telling somebody the other day, when God is talking to Job one-on-one, -on, -one, on two different occasions, God said to Job, brace yourself like a man. Because I've got some things I want to talk to you about. Brace yourself like a man. Man, that hit me. Brace yourself like a man. Gentlemen, brace yourself like a man. Because our culture needs men who are leading, who are modeling what it looks like to be a man of God. And we talked about that in the beginning with Wes Bishop. He modeled that well. He modeled that well to his three sons. Our kids are crying out for a dad who is strong, who is stable, who is consistent in their walk with God. They need that. Our culture needs it. And so, let's take the challenge. 
So when you see, see that Paul in this text, he assumes that we have a relationship with Christ just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. Um, we all have to come to Christ first of all to allow him to begin working in us. And the Colossians receive this teaching, of the gospel, and we kind of get the sense here that they didn't accept uh, Christ as is, but they also accepted him as Lord. And, I, you know, I, I get it. There's, there's theologies out there about the lordship of Christ, but I want to keep it pretty simple. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we can, we can look at it as an escape hatch. You know, I'm, I want to go to heaven when I die, and we leave it there. Or we can say, Jesus, I'm receiving you into my life, but I'm also allowing you to be Lord. Lord simply means you're my master. You're my king. And whatever you say, I'm going to do. I'm going to follow after you. So in a very simple way, what Paul is saying, not only did you accept him as your Savior, but you all made him your Lord. He's number one. He's the priority. He is your focus, man. He is your goal. And so, Paul hits that. We see... Um, in Philippians 2, 10, 11, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, whether you want to do it now, you're going to do it later. You're going to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord because he is Lord. He's over everything. And so um, we need to remind ourselves of that, you know, <laughs> on those days where we may feel like wimping out, you know, like I'm going to take the easy way. No, no, let's, let's press on and choose to grow. Um, so this, you must continue to follow him. Paul is, is using the verb in the Greek in a continuous action. So in other words, once you put your faith in Christ, there's no stop sign there. It, there's, there's a green light, and the green light is always on. That, that's where Paul's going. There's an ongoing progress in our walk with Christ. Listen, I get it. You know, we all go through challenging times, trials, troubles, etc. I get that. We're not living in a perfect environment, but what we need to do is maintain that consistency in that relationship with the Lord, knowing that he's going to walk us through no matter what we're going through. So Mark Batterson put it this way, show me your habits and I'll show you your future. It's that simple. It's that complicated. For better or worse, our lives are the sum of our physical, mental, and spiritual habits. Bad habits always come back to bite us. Good habits always come back to bless us. Destiny is not a mystery. Destiny is daily habits. You are one habit away from any goal you set. The only catch, it has to be a daily habit. According to a Duke University study, 45% of daily behavior is automatic. In other words, you don't have to think about it. It's a routine. It's a habit that you've established. 
If you didn't have that, you'd have to relearn everything you do, like going to the coffee maker in the morning and looking at the directions every single day. What a drag. Huh? What a drag, man. We underestimate really what God can do in our lives when we have the habit of meeting with him consistently. He goes on to say, habit switching is breaking a bad habit by replacing it with a good habit. And so if we have bad habits, and maybe those are speeding in front of your your eyes right now, um, he says we need to replace it with a good habit. Dr. William Glasser in his book, Positive Addiction, wrote, addiction is not all bad. Negative addictions destroy our lives, one drink, one click, one hit at a time. Positive addictions have the opposite effect. In a sense, all of us are addicts. The question is this, are those addictions positive or negative, healthy or unhealthy, holy or unholy, right? I'm addicted to reading my Bible. That's a habit, see? I'm addicted to talking to God in prayer and listening to him. That's a habit, see? And habits take that pressure off of what am I going to do today? It's automatic. It should be automatic. And so habit switching, you know, is replacing a bad habit with a good habit, and it takes time and effort. You do it one day at a time. So you can break a bad habit by not doing it, but that might work for only a week or two, but it's not a long-term solution. Spiritually speaking, you don't stop sinning by not sinning. That's like someone saying, don't think about the jolly green giant. What image comes to your head? Huh? There he is. (laughs) That's that's what happened. So so one of the best ways to um, put Bible reading consistently is the Bible reading plan. That's what Mark Batterson, he's a pastor, that's what he says. It's one of the best decisions you'll ever make. Not only does it serve as a preventative medicine, it also creates a craving for God's word. So, let's talk about reading the Bible. Read the Bible better. Daryl Dash, pastors up in Canada, writes, we hear a lot of advice about how to grow spiritually, but what actions will make the biggest difference? You ever wonder about that? What will help me grow spiritually, effectively? According to one study, reading the Bible is the number one action you can take to grow. When it comes to reading the Bible, hands down, this is the input goal that has a direct impact on the total score of all the output goals or discipleship attributes, writes Daniel M. in his book, No Silver Bullets. He continues, the more an individual did the input goal of reading their Bible, the higher they scored in all of the output goals. So the more you can help your church to read the Bible, the better they are going to be able to obey God and deny self, serve God and others, share Christ, exercise their faith, seek God, build relationships, and be unashamed about their faith. That's the good news. Bible reading is strategically important for spiritual growth. Now, here's the bad news. Most Christians don't read the Bible. And that's true. 
According to the Bible League in Canada, only one in seven Christians reads the Bible at least once a week. Most Canadians, including those who identify as Christians, read the Bible seldom or never. And yet the Bible reading, Bible reading remains the most strategic action we can take to grow spiritually. There's no more important task in life than hearing from God and trusting him on the basis of his word, writes George Guthrie in his new book, A Short Guide to Reading the Bible Better. I mean that quite literally. No more important task. Everything else in our lives is shaped by whether or not we're going to living out of a life grounded in the word of God, the Bible. We need to read it and read it better than we ever have before so that we can live it well. So we need to find a plan. And to think about this, uh, it takes about 15 minutes a day to read through the Bible in a year. And that's really not a big time commitment, is it? And an experiment. Don't give up. Miss a day, don't miss two. Don't like reading? Try an audio Bible. Find that you Run out of time in the morning, try the evening. Treat everything like an experiment and find what works. And that's what I encourage you, man. Find what works. Daryl Dash concludes, I never used to have a Bible reading routine. Now I do, and I'm grateful. Reading and responding to Scripture is the most strategic action you can take to grow along with participating in the life of a church. You will find it challenging sometimes, but it's more than worth the effort. So at Guest Central, we have... These Bible reading plans for 2023, they're free. You can pick one up on the way out. Or you can use your QR code, pick one of these up, and dive into YouVersion and find a plan that works for you. These are at Guest Central. We want to encourage you to say yes, that in 2023, I choose to grow spiritually. Right? So if you haven't been faithful in reading the Bible, I've been in a Bible reading plan for probably 45 years. And I've used the same one. I've laminated it. 45 years. And it seems like every time I read the same text I've done 45 years prior, I see something new in it. That's what makes it exciting. God working in us, changing us. And so that's the decision we have to make. That word follow, what Paul writes, literally means to maintain a certain walk of life and conduct. In other words, as a follower of Christ, I'm going to follow the character the character of Christ that I see in the Bible. I want to become more like him. That's what means, that's the word follow. And as a follower of Christ, we should be following after Christ. (laughs) Because he's our master. Uh, John Edwards, Jonathan Edwards, um, back in the 1700s, said resolution number one, talking about going into new year, I will live for God. Resolution number two, if no one else does, I still will. It's a good one, man. Though none go with me, still I will follow.
So how do we continue to follow Christ? Number one, we dig deep. Look at verse 7a, let your roots grow down into him. So looking at a plant, looking at a tree, those roots go down into the ground. And as a follower of Christ, our spiritual roots should go down into Christ. And I was thinking about this, uh, this particular verse. And, you know, as a, as a baby, uh, when you come out of the womb, the doctor cuts the umbilical cord. And that umbilical cord was your lifeline inside your mother, wasn't it? That's where you got your nourishment. That's how you were able to grow and come to that point where it was time to be delivered. Well, when we sin, that spiritual umbilical cord as a baby is cut because we're born sinners. And so when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, there is a spiritual umbilical cord Because when Christ comes into our lives, he puts that spiritual umbilical cord into us spiritually. And that's how I don't have to try harder, work harder. It's Christ working in me. I'm allowing him to live through me. And that's what makes it fun. Christ, Jesus, Lord of all, I'm tapped into him. He's given me all the spiritual nutrients through that spiritual umbilical cord. Let your roots go down deep. Paul uses the perfect tense of that word, describing the present state that even though their roots are going down, it was because of that past action when they put their faith in Christ and they're still rooted. So some of you might be John Wayne fans out there. I love John Wayne Westerns. Uh, There's one that comes to mind, and I won't tell you which one it is, but there's tumbleweeds all over the place, you know? And um, um, a tumbleweed has a single narrow root, and when it turns brittle with age, it it really limits the, the, um, the life of tumbleweeds. So they would grow, they turn brown, and they wait for the first strong wind, and poof, there they go. It's kind of like this, you know, they're just waiting to get blown away. You want to live your life like that? See, Paul is saying, don't, don't let that happen. Let your roots go down deep into the love of Christ. And so that's where Paul, he's using that word roots, man, because it's important. In Ephesians three seventeen through 19, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. See, when you let your roots go down into God's love, that will keep you strong. You don't have, again, it's not working harder, trying harder. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So, there you go. Let our roots in 2023, let them go down deep into the love of Christ. How about it? Let's do it. Um, I'm reading a book called Never Surrender by Jerry Boykin. He's a retired general in the United States military. He's a follower of Christ. 
He writes, um, they were on a 40-mile walk. This is after four weeks of training for, and um, up in the mountains, cold weather. Around the 12th hour, if the pace was sufficient to meet the requirement, the man would be, in the medical sense of the term, almost totally exhausted. He began to look for excuses to quit, to slow down, even to hope he would injure himself. Anything to allow him to stop. It was then, after the 12th hour, that many men quit or rested too long or slow to a pace that prohibited them from meeting the time requirement. The instructors neither encouraged nor discouraged us. There was never a good job or you can do it. I later learned this was part of the test. They didn't want men who needed cheerleaders. They wanted men who could succeed on courage, will, and guts, who reached down deep inside themselves for that tangible trait that enabled them to carry on. Gentlemen, that's what we need in 2023. The grit to press on in that relationship with Christ. God is looking for that in each of our lives. We're going to have to stop here. It's a pity, Matt. It's a pity. And so, this past month, and of course we're on a brand new month today, there has been a song that I've been playing over and over. And it's called, I Am Desperate For You. And I have to tell you that um, as we go into 2023, Lord, I don't want to stay the same. I'm desperate for you to change me. I'm desperate for you to keep working in my life so that I become more like you. I'm desperate for you. And so as we sing that song this morning, it's a prayer, really. It's a, it's a raw prayer that as we come before the Lord and we're transparent, we're saying, Lord, I'm letting go of 2022. I'm letting go of 2021. I'm letting go of 1999 because we've got markers that have wounded us, that have brought trouble into our lives. And we need to leave that with the Lord. And so this morning, Almighty God, we're desperate for you. For here we are. We don't know what to do. So we're coming to you for help. In Jesus' name, amen.